From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Ah, thanks for inviting me into your home. Your long-haul truck, your taxi cab, that lonely diner just off the interstate, your RV, cabin in the woods, what have you. A, a special hello to all of you listening in on one of our affiliates, of course, the podcasts, TalkZone.com, and of course, the Conspiracy Show app, which is now available as a free download at iTunes, and the Google Store, for those of you on Android devices. Jim Mars is standing by, and we'll join uh, him in just a few moments. Uh, Jim is down in the uh, the Fort Worth area of Texas, and he's got another humdinger of a book, uh, this one on the uh, depopulation agenda. Uh, population control, uh, it's called. Let's get to it. Uh, from the, uh, the food that we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, everything these days seems capable of killing us. Um, and recently we've seen an unprecedented number of deaths due to medications uh, for diseases that may not even exist, obscure cancers caused by, um, quite possibly, modern devices. Um, and then there are, of course, need I mention, you know, brutal uh, police tactics. Uh, one has to wonder, is this some coincidence? Well, Jim Mars is uh, screaming at us to think again. Uh, in his new book, Population Control, he uh, lays out a rather stunning case for what is quite possibly his most audacious conspiracy yet. The scheme concocted by a handful of global elites to reduce the world's population to 500 million by whatever means necessary and make a profit from it all at the same time. Jim Mars is the best-selling author of Rule by Secrecy and The Trillion Dollar Conspiracy. Those are just two of uh, too many to mention. Anyway, he's pulling no punches in exposing this evil and chilling effective plan. He explains how a small group of tremendously wealthy and powerful people control virtually every important industry, guns, oil, pharmaceuticals, food, and, of course, the media, and how it uses this vast network of conglomerates to take actions that lead to the deaths of men and women all over the world. Jim Mars, great to have you back on The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Hey, Richard. It's always great to be with you, and I'm looking forward to coming up to Toronto because <laughs> the Texas summer heat is still going, <laughs> and I look forward to coming to cooler climes. Well, it is. It, the air is getting nice and crisp. I mentioned, you know, perhaps your most audacious uh, a conspiracy yet. I mean, it's getting... I think we all have the sense... You know, that it's later than we think, uh, and that things are coming to a head, uh, and that, that the, um, the elites almost aren't, they're not even concerned now about covering their tracks. It's almost sort of all out in the open. Do you have that sense? Well, I certainly do. Uh, but, uh, luckily there are people all around the world that are resisting this plan. And, uh, by the way, uh, let me point out to you and your listeners, I mean, you know, this is, this is not just political discussion. It's not politics as usual. It's not even philosophical debate. Uh, we're talking about self-defense, okay? These people want you dead. Uh, it's absolutely correct, and, and it's all based on a false premise. It's based on the idea that there's just too many people in the world. Um, you know, I can, uh, if, when you read my book, 
you can go right down the list, and you can find, for example, um, Prince Philip, okay, the royal family. And he has said human population growth is probably the single most serious long-term threat to survival. If it isn't controlled voluntarily, it will be controlled involuntarily by an increase in disease, starvation, and war. And uh, isn't that pretty much what we see going on? And by the way, just so you don't think he was just being rhetorical, at another time, he said, in the event that I'm reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus in order to contribute something to solve overpopulation. <clears throat> a deadly virus? They want us dead, I'm telling you. And, and Richard, it's all based on a faulty, faulty premise, which is that we are indeed experiencing uh, overpopulation problems, you know? And the reason I can say that that's false is because right now there are seven and a half billion people on this planet. If we gave each and every one of them a 2,000 square foot home, okay, the entire world's population could live quite comfortably in the state of Texas, okay? Now, please, don't come rushing down here. <laughs> I don't think we all want to be here in Texas. Right. But you get the idea. I get. And if you I, I agree. To really spread them out. Maybe everybody have about an acre or so. Then the whole world's population could live in Australia. Okay. Now uh, it, it's really interesting, though, that uh, they seem to think that we have too many people, and they want to reduce the population, such as the uh, infamous Georgia Guidestones, that monument in Georgia that yes. was put up under mysterious circumstances. Yeah, they are revealing uh, all in those Guidestones. Tell us what they say exactly. Well, their very first admonition says, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Well, doesn't that sound warm and fuzzy? But my question is, hey, there's 7.5 billion of us in the world today, and what's supposed to happen to the other 7 billion? And even more importantly, who's going to decide what happens to the other 7 billion? Right, right. And you that know, leads us into the, uh, the whole subject of population control. Well, you mentioned the 500 million, and uh, if memory serves, you would know this, if anyone on the planet would, that uh, in Foreign Affairs Quarterly, um, which is the, uh, the, the organ, the publication that is, um, uh, I believe, uh, published by the, I think it's the Trilateral Commission. No, it's the Council, Council on Foreign of, Relations. Yes, thank you, the Council on Foreign Relations. They, in one of their issues... That was their stated objective, to reduce the population to 500 million. Exactly. Now, I want to point out, when I say the corporate owners are killing us, I'm not necessarily talking about corporate uh, uh, officers, okay? Because <clears throat> when you get to the level of these giant multinational corporations, most of their officers, their presidents, their vice presidents, are probably pretty good people, okay? And they're probably just fine, probably have Harvard business degrees, but they are administrators, okay? They were there and paid all that high-dollar salary as a, as a corporate uh, officer because they uh, have shown that they can run that corporation efficiently and uh, profitably. It's the people who own these things that make the decision, and it might be the 
the CEO, might be the board chairman. It might even be someone who only owns about 5% of the stock. Because if nobody else owns more than 5% of the stock, then that person controls the and dictates the policy of that corporation. Now we're talking about the uber-rich, the, the overly rich. And uh, now we're talking about the people who uh, sometimes themselves, and certainly through representatives, meet once a year on, as the Bilderberger Group. Okay, which we uh, used to be, uh, the, the, the corporate media acted like that didn't even exist, and at least now there there are reports on it. I know a few years ago when they were meeting in Canada, there was a lot of press about it. So people are beginning to at least understand that this is real and that these people meet, and they want us out of the way. Now, here's the whole thing. Up at that level, most of those people are heavily into eugenics. Okay, eugenics being a movement that started in the late 1800s um, and started in the United States, actually. Uh, Mrs. Averill Harriman was one of the, uh, Edward Harriman was one of the uh, founders of the eugenics movement, and their whole idea was is that we need to uh, clean up the race uh, and we need to see to it that people that uh, didn't live up to their standards uh, you know, get uh, get thrown out of the gene pool. Right now, right. This was the and and they, the Nazis took their racial hygiene laws from the United States. Exactly. Now, what happened was in the 30s, uh, this eugenics movement moved over to Germany, and when the Nazi Party took over, they carried it to its logical extreme. They said, well, you know, we got some people here, some gypsies, some Jews. We don't really like these people, so we'll just kill them. And that led to the Holocaust and World War II. Uh, luckily, the rest of the world said, now, no, wait a minute, we don't think that's really the way to do things. And so we had World War II, and we had 26 nations uh, led by the United States, Canada, uh, Britain, Australia, who then, you know, stopped National Socialism. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the ideas never quite died. And, of course, uh, Richard, since you've read my book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, you realize that uh, although we defeated the German military in World War II, we really never quite defeated the Nazis. We just ca- caused them to move, and they went to various places, including the United States. All right, Jim, we'll take a time out. We'll come back and continue to delve into population control. Right here on The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrant. The great Jim Mars is with us, and his latest is Population Control. Jim, this, I mean, I, you're, you're going to be with us uh, many more years, God willing, and, and there'll be more books, but I really think this is your most important work. Did you feel that, that as you were writing it, that this is, you know, the, the urgency and, and, and all that? Well, in a way, yes, I guess I did, because... Uh, you know, I've been asked by several people, you know, because I usually write about, you know, secret societies, um, <clears throat> government conspiracies, assassinations, world history. And, and they said, why, you know, why are you suddenly writing about food and, and, and air and water? And uh, I guess the answer, quite simply, is is that we're in danger and people are in danger. And uh, there's, there's a lot of problems going on and uh, we're not being told about it. It's just not happening. Uh, let me tell you how bad it is. 
Dr. Stephanie Sinnott is a senior MIT research scientist, and she has uh, drawn, uh, said, uh, found a remarkably consistent correlation between the rise of glyphosate, which is the main ingredient of Monsanto's Roundup herbicide, which they used copiously on all the soy, corn, and wheat crops in the United States, and I'm assuming this probably works in Canada also. And she's found this um, remarkably consistent correlation between the use of Roundup and the rise of autism. Yes, and leaky gut syndrome as well. You can see it on a chart, you know, from 1990 up to now, you've got this steadily increase of the use of Roundup with glyphosate, and at the same time, parallel, you've got the increase in autism. And Dr. Sennett says at today's rate, by 2025, one in every two children will be autistic. Now, is this what we really want for our future my prosody hmm. you know um the um, you, you were mentioning you know the uh, the elites that are uh, this is you know it's war on us it's not it's not war on terror we are the enemy we are you know the useful the useless eaters as kissinger uh, supposedly said yeah. but the problem i see it is that they are they have this mindset they have won the hearts and minds of society. You have well-intentioned people who believe that we have a population uh, a problem and that humans almost are a cancer upon the earth. Uh, and so we are taking, especially here in the West, we are taking this suicide pill. Whether we are talking about, you know, the abortion industry and, you know, the den mother of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was one of these eugenicists. Uh, it seems like they've 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 won over seemingly good people to their side. Exactly, and to show you how high up and how important some of these people are, let's just consider John Holdren. Okay, John Holdren uh, participated in writing a book uh, years ago called Echo Science, and uh, he's one of these eugenicists. And he says many of my colleagues feel that some sort of compulsory birth regulation would be necessary to achieve such control over the population. One plan, often mentioned, involves the addition of temporary sterilants to water supplies or staple food. Doses of the antidote would be carefully rationed by the government to produce the desired population size. Now, okay, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but who is John Holdren? He is the uh, scientific advisor to President Obama. The science czar. And so we have people like this in charge. Uh, we have a real problem, folks, and uh, it's not going to go away anytime soon. For example, right now there are ten, just ten, giant multinational corporations that control much of the developed world's food supply. And, and I read them off, and I'm sure you, you and your listeners are familiar with most of them. Nestle, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, uh, General Mills, Kellogg's, Mars. Mandela's, Associated British Foods, Datone, and Unilever. There you go. And uh, almost everything you eat at one point or another probably goes to these corporations. And like I say, the big thing now is that uh, they are using uh, this, number one, this Monsanto herbicide Roundup. Uh, and also, of course, we get into the controversy of genetically modified organisms. GMOs. 
And even though under the USDA, uh, Department of Agriculture, organic regulations bans uh, GMOs, uh, nevertheless, that's, that's if you get the organic label. But otherwise, 95% of all soybeans and 80% of all U.S. corn uh, contains GMO. Now, Richard, I don't know if you about this, but bring you up to date on this. This is pretty interesting. Uh, one of the deputies of the Russian parliament, the Duma, has announced that they are going to ban all GMO foods in Russia. So, and I know they've already, it's already been banned in several of the European countries. Yes. So see, everybody in the world's not falling for this. But here in the United States, which I'm sure laps over into Canada, uh, Monsanto has such political clout and has such control over lobbyists and, and controls academics through grants and all like that, that we can't even seem to get a law passed that simply says you have to label something, whether it's GMO or not. And, and the problem is, as you mentioned with the corn, uh, okay, you can say, well, I'm not going to eat, I, I mean, I love corn on the cob, but we don't bring it in the house anymore. But the problem is, corn and, and corn syrup, and it, it, corn is in everything. You yeah, can't get away from it. Let's not forget, Richard, if you eat beef, you're eating cows that probably are eating the genetically modified corn. That's right, that's right. And, and Monsanto's motto, uh, was, you know, feed the world. And, and they tried to lay this trip on us that the only way we can feed seven and a half billion people, uh, is, you know, the only way we can increase yields is through, uh, GMOs. But that's proving to be false because, uh, I mean, the data simply doesn't support that. You can, they're not increasing yields with, with, uh, GMOs. Exactly. And, uh, not only that, but they convinced a whole bunch of, uh, the farmers in India to accept their uh, GMO and their uh, Roundup herbicide uh, to increase their crop yields, and instead the very opposite happened. It turns out that they require more water, which the Indian farmers didn't have, and as of today there's been tens of thousands of them that have committed suicide because they can't make a living because their farms have turned out to be almost sterile. The other interesting thing, and, and um, I'm sure you would argue this, is by design. Uh, you go into a grocery store, and never before have we seen seemingly so much bounty. Uh, and yet, the the nutritional value in a potato, uh, or uh, you know, vit- the vitamin C or the vitamin A, it's 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 declining. I mean, you might as well be eating cardboard. Exactly. Uh, and the thing is, this has all happened. I'm not sure how old you are, Richard, but I'm old enough to remember I was, I was a kid in the 40s and the 50s. And uh, it was not until the late 50s that uh, they began to bring in processed food. So those of us who grew up in the 40s and the 50s predominantly were eating locally produced foods uh, and vegetables and fruits. Uh, and we were basically healthy. Uh, starting in the 50s, I remember when they first came out with TV dinners. Oh, man, what a wonderful invention. You throw it in the oven, you heat it up, and you got a warm meal, you know, and everybody went nuts for it. Sure. The, Sal- the Salisbury steak was frozen, but you would scold yourself on the, on the apple, on the apple sauce. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, you cut it in the meat, and it's kind of cold in the center. But, but it all began processed foods. Processed foods. Now, I don't want to just say we need to stop eating all processed foods, but we need to be aware and we need to treat things accordingly. By by the 60s and 70s and certainly moving on into the uh, 80s, 
you're right. You've got this multiplicity of food, but it's basically non-nutritious. And uh, you can see the facts of that, uh, the effects of that right here in the United States because uh, the, one of the biggest growing problems we have for health-wise is obesity. Okay, and this is because everybody's eating starches and processed food, and you're not really even getting the nutrition that you truly need. And, of course, this also means that you have a population that just grows sicker and sicker. Well, what happens when you get sick? Got to go to the doctor. What is the doctor going to do? They're going to tell you to eat right? No, they're going to give you a pill because they're all pretty much tied in with the giant pharmaceutical corporations, the same people that own those ten corporations that produce all the food we're eating. Now, am I just shouting in the wilderness? Maybe so, but it's the problem is they also own the media. Uh, It's amazing. Um, I'll give you a good example of that. Uh, One concern for a lot of people today, and I'll admit it concerns me, and it's and it's correct to uh, uh, to be concerned about it, are these uh, shootings in schools. You know. And uh, But all the U.S. media can talk about, it seems, is that it's about guns. Oh, it's all about guns. If we just outlaw all guns, take all the guns away from everybody, why, everything would be okay. Well, it's about mental illness, though, isn't it, Jim? In part. Well, it's worse than that. Yeah. It's about the drugs. Uh, I grew up in Texas. We had guns. We took guns to school. I, I, I remember going saying, hey, look at my new twenty two, And we had people that had shotguns, rifles, and the uh, gun racks of their pickup trucks. Nobody shot anybody. It's the drugs, starting in the uh, 80s uh, with the rise of psychotropic drugs. Well, let me put it this way. When I was in grade school, I was an avid reader. I was a very good reader, a very fast reader. And as a result, if we were reading as a class, okay, class, we're all going to read this, I, I was two or three chapters ahead. So I'd get a little bored. I'd be looking out the window. Well, back then, the days of the old republic, when the teacher came by and saw me looking out the window, she'd slap me on the wrist and say, Jimmy, stay with the rest of the class. And I'd go, yes, ma'am. And that's all there was to it. But today, they'd probably send me to the school nurse who had then been trained and, and uh, conditioned to send me to the school psychiatrist or psychologist who would say, oh, well, he's probably got attention deficit disorder, and they'd put me on Ritalin. Or Prozac, right. or one of these drugs. Who, if you'll read the fine print, says brings on tendencies towards suicide and homicide. It's the drugs, and I could go back and show you every mass shooting, from the church shooting in North Carolina to uh, the Virginia Tech shooting to uh, even uh, the Colorado shooting. Okay, and every single one of them involves people who were on or coming off of these psychotropic drugs. Secondary serotonin reake inhibitors, SSRIs they call them. That's right. And uh, here's the problem. See, you're never going to hear this in the corporate mass media. Why? Because uh, certainly here in the States, if you watch uh, commercial TV, uh, every time they go to a commercial, if they're not selling you a car or truck, they're selling you a drug. So they're not going to... Bite the nose of their chief advertiser, and and uh, the other thing is they uh, these these um, uh, class action suits, not class action, individual suits come up, uh, and they settle out of court, uh, and it costs them. It may cost them in a year, you know, ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty million dollars, but that pales in comparison to the profits. It simply becomes the cost of doing business. Exactly, and what a lot of people. 
uh, don't realize is that back in the 80s, uh, the United States Congress passed the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program and set it up. Uh, and now that sounds pretty good. But what it did was it absolves the pharmaceutical corporations from any liability if their vaccines prove bad and cause harm, or, okay, to include the psychiatric drugs, and, but particularly with the vaccines. Now, the thing is, they say, well, it's, they're totally safe, so... You know, there's no problem there, except obviously there is a problem there because from 1989 to the present time, this government vaccine injury compensation program has paid out almost $3 billion to families whose children have been harmed by these vaccines. Uh, I was watching the uh, the Republican uh, debate, the CNN debate, and uh, some people thought, oh boy, Donald Trump stepped in it when he, again, uh, well, he was challenged by Jake Tra- Trapper, uh, I believe uh, is the uh, was the moderator, and asking him about his comments, again, relating uh, autism to vaccines. And, and for many people, let's face it, the vast majority, that whole connection uh, between autism and vaccines was sort of, laid to rest uh, um, some time ago, although there are still those who maintain that there is some, not necessarily causation, but perhaps a correlation. Um, so, Well, if you've been keeping up, there are some whistleblowers out of some of the pharmaceutical corporations who say uh, that the, um, uh, including the government regulators of the CDC, have actually uh, stifled reports and had people change the reports and have actually, uh, you know, basically not told the truth about the correlation between uh, vaccines and autism. Right. I, yeah, I had John uh, Rappaport on the uh, the program from No More Fake News, and we talked about uh, those specific cases, a couple of whistleblowers from the CDC, as you mentioned. All right, Jim, we're taking a time out. We'll come back and uh, continue to discuss uh, population control in all its forms. We'll talk about chemtrails as well as one of the uh, the weapons in their arsenal. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Jim Mars is with us. Population control, how corporate owners are killing us. It's the latest, and it is a lollapalooza. Uh, the culmination of decades and decades and decades of work. You were talking about how these elites and all of you know the millions of, of of people, particularly here in the West, that they have sort of ensnared in this mindset that humans are a cancer, uh, we must be er- eradicated. But the idea that overpopulation is the problem—I mean, everything that I've read points to the fact that the the world's population is going to stabilize at around 11, 12 billion, and then will actually go into a rapid decline. Take China for example; they have a huge. This may be the biggest problem facing China because their one-child policy was so effective, and of course, because you know, for cultural reasons, they want boys. They don't have enough women in China. Their population is going to crash at a certain point. It will hit sort of a terminal point where they can't bring it back. I mean, the population is just naturally going to start declining at a pretty rapid rate in about 50, 100 years. That's exactly right. But if you ask the experts, you know, they've got all kinds of predictions. They'll say, no, we'll, we'll grow and grow until we can't outstrip our resources. But then that's not taking into account technology. 
just 50, 70 years ago, you really needed big families because most people lived down on the farm and they needed people to operate the farm, bring in the food. Today, you know, these huge agri-corporations, they, they've got machinery to do all that. I'd also point out that, you know, everybody wants to listen to the experts. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about you, Richard, but I'm old enough to remember when there were doctors uh, in magazines and even on TV, along with Hollywood stars like Lucille Ball and, and uh, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan, saying, hey, smoke camel cigarettes. They're good for you. All right. All right. So I think we have to understand that just because you can hire some expert does not necessarily mean that that's uh, correct. Uh, you know, the the answer uh, to me in terms of of just naturally reducing population, it's all about prosperity. And we had in the West and Europe, Western Europe, we had the benefit of an industrial revolution. And there are groups. Uh, you know, the environmental movement has been co-opted by and large. You mentioned Prince Philip and he and a former SS officer, Prince Bernhard, they started the World Wildlife Fund and they view humans as a cancer. Um, but had we, you know, seen an industrial revolution in Africa, um, you know, they would, we would have had prosperity there. And we wouldn't have a population issue in places like Africa. It seems like the environmental groups want to deny um, certain regions, the developing world, a fair shot. We had an industrial revolution, but they can't have one. That's part of the problem. Well, it absolutely is. In fact, uh, uh, a lot of the the, the head of plan, the, the person who founded Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, okay, uh, she was very blunt about it. She said, quote, Colored people are like human weeds and need to be exterminated. And then, by the way, I might point out that Hillary Clinton, who is now, you know, looks like it might might be a real candidate for president of the United States, says, I admire Margaret Sanger enormously, her vision, her tenacity. And so, you know, at a certain level, they they really, then we get rid of people. And this leads to all kinds of bad things. Um, For example, uh, in 2014, Okay, in Africa, you mentioned Africa. Uh, they uh, some doctors and clinics uh, accused the uh, UNICEF and the World Health Organization of injecting two million Kenyan women with a vaccine that they found was laced with a sterilization chemical. So now we're back to Prince Philip, who said, you know, if they don't reduce it voluntarily, they'll be reduced involuntarily. And again, the question is, who's going to decide? Who can procreate and who can't? Uh, but I totally agree with you, Richard, that education is a big part of it. Uh, if people, if people are educated, have a job, and are reasonably prosperous, uh, they probably would be caring enough not to overpopulate. They would reduce them, say, say have one or two children, enough to reproduce themselves, and then, you know, see to it that uh, they take care of uh, their own birth control. Uh, to what extent has the the um, anthropogenic global warming movement uh, been co-opted by the same group intent on population control? Because I, I sort of see that as an extension of it, the idea that, again, we are a cancer, we have to reduce our, our, our carbon footprint, where everything I've read tends to suggest this planet is, in a, is on a carbon starvation diet. Possibly so, but what I can tell you is, sorry, Al Gore, 
uh, climate change, which they now you don't hear global warming much anymore because after those emails and, and memos surfaced showing that they were fudging their numbers and that they had an agenda, then uh, they've kind of changed the, the tune now to climate change. And yes, there probably is some climate change going on. It always has in the for the past millennia, and it probably will continue. But what people need to understand is is that it's not our it's not our fault. Right now, the polar caps on Mars are, are diminishing, so they're melting. The uh, ice on some of Jupiter's moon is melting. Uh, outer planets, uh, Uranus, are becoming more uh, bright and, and illuminated, which means they're heating up. So, whatever, if there is a cause for climate change, it's solar system wide. And it may be, it may have to do with sun spot activity flares. It may be that there's something happening in our own solar system that we're not quite yet aware of. But whatever it is, it's not just the Earth. All right, we'll take one final time out. We'll come back. One more segment remains with the great Jim Mars population control. How corporate owners are killing us. Stay with us. Big Brother is listening. And so are you to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, uh, Jim Morris stays with us a few moments yet before we turn out the lights and say goodnight. Uh, Jim, I'm worried about the um, the proliferation of, of cell phone use with, with um, young people, very young people, uh, you know, who it looks like it's, you know, the, the cell phone is surgically attached to their head. Uh, walking down the street constantly on that phone. And, you know, I, we don't have long-term studies about this. I'm thinking, you know, my gosh, are we going to have an epidemic of brain cancer in the next 20 years? I mean, is that one of the weapons in the arsenal? Well, yeah, that's part of it, too. Uh, the problem is uh, it, it's so such recent technology that we really actually, no one actually knows uh, what this uh, e- ELF, extremely low frequency, uh, uh, Radiation, and that's what it is. It's electromagnetic radiation. We don't know really what that's going to do to us in the long run. Uh, and I'm fearful that if we don't start paying more closer attention and do something, uh, we are going to have real problems in the future. Um, I've got a one and a half year old grandson, and he, he got onto my wife's computer, managed to turn it on, and managed to change her, uh, her, uh, front page her uh, wallpaper <laughs> i figured that out i don't know because i have trouble <laughs> <laughs> yes so we just really have no idea and i was also uh when i make my talk uh i'm going to show you a map of uh, just texas one state and uh all of the uh cell towers that they have put up there uh and it just it just covers the state and it's absolutely incredible and we have no idea what that actually is going to be doing to us. Uh, but we ha- they have done studies uh, on the use of the cell phone. Now, the cell phone is a wonderful thing. Uh, and I, what a godsend, especially if you're, you get stuck out somewhere, say with a flat tire or whatever. It used to be you had to hike for miles, find a farmhouse, bang on the door, risk getting shot, <laughs> you right, know, r- right. risk of being accused of accosting the farmer's daughter, the old joke. And uh, to try to get some help. Today, the cell phone, well, great. You dial up and say, I need some road service, you know. But 
the problem is would they have found that with a cell phone it causes thermal heating of the head and which can lead to brain cancers and brain damage all right so what's the deal what do we do about cell phones well cell phones i think are wonderful but they need to be treated like you should treat your credit card okay it's great to have one on you in case of emergency but otherwise don't use it okay what about chemtrails uh is is that is that again part of the uh plan to keep us not just kill us off but just to keep us sort of permanently uh sick in a state of declining health vulnerable well, we do know, uh, of course, what is in chemtrails, and, and that's barium and, and uh, aluminum oxide. Strontium. Uh, aluminum. Uh, and by the way, we also know that uh, you've got fluoride and uh, aluminum adding to jet fuel. And when, these, when the fluoride and the, and the aluminum and the chemtrails fuse uh, at uh, high altitudes, it forms aluminum fluoride, which, uh, you know, I don't have to remind your listeners that uh, this is why uh, uh, aluminum cookware is kind of out because they found that aluminum can seep into your system, get in your brain, cause uh, brain deficiency, cause uh, all kinds of Alzheimer's and everything else. And I don't know, chemtrails is, a, is a definitely a real problem area that we need to be looking at. Uh, because again, it's, it's so recent, we don't really know, uh, what it's actually going to do to us, but it can't be good, especially in the fact that the government declines to even admit that it's happening. And yet, all you have to do is look up in the sky. And if you see an airplane, a high flying airplane, uh, at some high altitude, and it's leaving a white trail behind it, but it finally ends, Something depending on the atmospheric conditions, it might be a long trail or it might be kind of a short trail, but it will evaporate because that is a condensation trail. And it's simply uh, when the warm air of the engine of the plane, whether it's jet or piston, once that uh, connects with the super cold air up at the higher altitudes, uh, it turns to water vapor and it streams back away from the plane. But as it cools off, it, it evaporates, it goes away. That's a contrail. That's what we're really used to seeing, and that's what they keep trying to tell everybody you're actually seeing. But when you see a trail out coming off of an airplane, it goes from one horizon to the other, and keep watching it. It doesn't dissipate. It spreads out. And what started off maybe as a sky blue, beautiful morning, by afternoon is a milky, hazy white. Those are chemtrails, folks, and they are dumping chemicals and even pathogens on you. It's been found. Well, uh, just look again, at the aluminum, the uh, the um, aluminum concentrations uh, in soil. Now there is some naturally occurring aluminum, but when you find it in in such high concentrations in pristine areas like Mount Shasta, right. uh, and seeping into the water, and and the soil now becoming so alkaline as a result. Uh, that nothing is growing properly except for the Monsanto crops, which are adapted for alkaline soil. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> exactly. I think not. Uh, how can you deny that there's something going on? Well, you can, and then they're coming at us from all sides, okay? Uh, for example, uh, another false premise is that the idea of peak oil, that somehow or another we're running out of oil, and so we have to do all kinds of extreme measures to find new uh, sources of gas and oil. 
Well, number one, that's not even true anyway because uh, if somebody tries to tell you that we're running out of oil, just give them three words, back in rock formation, okay, B-A-K-K-E-N, back in rock formation. Uh, the Bakken is a huge underground deposit of uh, petroleum that stretches from the United States well into Saskatchewan, okay, and according to the experts, there's enough untapped petroleum there to last at increased rates of consumption for the next 2,000 years, okay? But, of course, we don't want to do that because we're choking ourselves to death on the pollution anyway. But based on this faulty premise that we just have to do anything to get more gas and oil supplies, that leads to hydraulic fracturing, okay, where they pump millions of gallons of water under high pressure deep into the earth to open up cracks and uh, supposedly help find more hydrocarbons. But it's not just pure water. Each well, and there's about 500,000 of them just in the United States, um, uses up to up to 8 million gallons of water mixed with sand and about 40,000 chemicals, including such wonders as uh, lead, uranium, mercury, hydrochloric acid, formaldehyde. Uh, and then not only that, not only are they polluting the water supplies, uh, because this water has to then be pumped out and left in open uh, evaporation pits. And you, so you got all these uh, chemicals that are now in the water that evaporates, and now they're in the atmosphere and people around there are breathing it. Uh, it it's really incredible. Uh, and, again, it's based on the false premise that they just have to have more uh, gas and oil. And another thing, too, is that they're creating earthquakes. Uh, in uh, the state of Oklahoma, for example, we saw in the past there was only maybe one earthquake every year on an average, okay? But in the past 10 years, it's now up to 20 and 30 earthquakes. And, uh, in fact, on one particular day, uh, there's like 20 earthquakes uh, just uh, on the same day. So... Uh, you know, and the state authorities there in Oklahoma uh, studied them and came to the conclusion that it was due to man's uh, man-made activity. Well, there you go. It's the fracking. But again, the gas and oil industries and multi-corporations, multinational corporations, are so stout that, uh, you know, they're still arguing over that. Well, no, no, their dad is wrong, and no, they don't quite understand it. But, you know, it seems simple enough to me. Uh, when you start fracking and earthquakes start, there's some kind of connection. You, you're going to be, uh, again, up here Friday, October the 2nd, and uh, you'll be on stage probably around two hours. Uh, uh, so you just cr- scratched the surface tonight. But in a, we have a couple minutes here. Just leave us uh, with a little bit of, of, of hope, Jim, uh, because I know you, you, a large part of the book is, is about defending ourselves, and certainly knowledge is, 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 is one thing we can do. But... Just in a minute here, tell us what else can we do? Well, the uh, the problem is it's an individual thing. I can't tell any individual what to do or what not to do, but I would say just as a general rule, number one, educate yourself, okay? Uh, Read my book. I'm not asking for anybody's belief. You don't have to believe me, but read it. You'll see my sources. Check. Then you'll know for yourself. Then it's not a question of whether you want to believe Jim Mars. It's a question of, I know this, all right? Now, once you know the truth and once you understand about how these corporate owners are basically trying to rid the world of 7 billion people, then one thing you can do is spread the word. 
start talking to your friends and neighbors, host a neighborhood gathering, uh, start a book club, you know, write letters to the editor, just start doing something because the good news is that there are more of us good people, hardworking, conscientious people than there are of them, okay? And uh, if we simply could get our act together and uh, come to some agreements about what is good and, and prosperous for humanity, then maybe we could uh, rectify this situation. Uh, is there, do they have, they, uh, the, uh, the, the, the corporate owners, the elites, do they have something in store for us that's really going to sort of move their population control agenda forward in a very big way? Uh, are we talking about World War III? Are we talking about some, I don't know, outbreak, avian flu, some pathogen? Do you see something right around the corner that you're concerned about? <laughs> Could be all of the above. And, uh, yes, uh, we do seem, there seems to be a quickening, a hastening, uh, we all seem to be rushing pell-mell into a future and, and heading towards a true crossroads. Uh, and that is, are we going to um, fall into a 1984 Orwellian-type world with, you know, surveillance and with a, the, some government spy knowing what you're doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, and then be totally numbed and dumbed by... Uh, bad water, bad air, <laughs> bad vaccines, uh, bad food even, you know. Or are we going to kind of wise up and say, you know, number one, let's put people in power who care about the people, not just the next election. And let's listen to people who don't have any reason uh, other than telling us the truth. And just in other words, be an aware citizen and pay attention to what's going on and then work for a better world. All right, Jim. Well, people can get um, more of this information when you're up here Friday, October the 2nd, uh, and uh, that will be a Conspiracy Culture special event. Go to their website, conspiracyculture.com, and you can order online. Jim, always a pleasure. Looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Richard. Look forward to seeing you. Population control, how corporate owners are killing us. My thanks to Ian Robertson, Albert Venzel, back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. <laughs>